Hello and welcome to Open All Ours. Uh, I'm Chris Charles and I'm joined today by two QPR fans and one QPR, or should I say former QPR player. Um, first, we have Paul Finney, who actually bought me a drink at Blackburn. Hi, Paul. That's a disgusting thing to say. I didn't do no such thing. Hello, Christopher. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. We've also got Jim Frayling, long-time supporter, worked at the club. Um, Jim, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Good. And, of course, we have QPR striker, played, I reckon, about 30 games for us, maybe a few more because he had a couple of loan spells. Uh, we've got Rob Steiner. Hi, Rob. Thanks for joining us. No worries, buddy. How are you? How have you been? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right, you know. Uh, you know, you're all getting older and all, all need glasses. And uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping reasonable fit. Uh, not no major uh, struggles with the knees as long as I don't do anything. But otherwise, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm just to explain to anyone who doesn't know, <clears throat> including me, to be fair, uh, what, what you do, what you're doing now, and where, where you're living. Are you back in Sweden? I'm back in Sweden at the moment. Uh, and you know, you know, with all soccer players, you know, we probably have a couple of letters in front of our, you know, some letter combinations, you know, hyperactives and things like that. So we've been tra traveling around a little bit, you know, tried different places uh, recently. We, oh, yes, before the COVID outbreak, you know, we, we moved back from Australia to Sweden. We cool. Stayed, yeah. So we stayed three and a half years in Australia. Oh, wow. Oh, and what are you actually doing in terms of living for, for a job? You know, as much other players too, you know, I, I fortunately enough went into the property market for about, uh, it's about 17 years ago. Bro. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good long, long ride, you know. Good. Well, listen, we're going to get on to, thankfully we can postpone talking about Blackburn for now. We'll get on to that later on. Um, Paul, I know you've got plenty to ask Rob, so do you want to kick us off? Right. I'm going to cast your mind back to Fulham. I know this is what I'm going to talk about. That idiot styles of the referee. I mean, what did you do to him? I mean, you started up after that game, Rob. I've got to be honest with you. He hated us after that game. He yeah. sent everyone off for no reason. He was a neighbour. I, I, honestly, I don't know if this was the club, you know, but, you know, if he hated the club, he probably hated me much, much more. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I, uh, I remember we, we had, him, had him as a referee at Charlton that year. All right. Away. And I, I think, you know, 20 minutes in the game, and he goes, just past me, and goes like, if you kick another player, you're out. Wow. And, you know, it's, I more or less went to Jerry in the halftime, you know, said like, I, don't, I, I think the best thing for you is to, you know, slop me, you know. Uh, I mean, sometimes, you know, you know, there you go, you know. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't do much then, you know. It's, and I'm, you know, I was a pretty physical player, you know. I gave and I, I took a couple of shots, you know. And if someone comes up, you know, <laughs> with that, you know, question or accusation or, you know, takes away a fair bit of my game, you know. But that, that was a strange game though, because it was very tense and the, there was a lot of trouble that day in the terraces. It was, it was kicking off everywhere. The atmosphere was quite moody. Um, but he lost control from what I remember. I know it's 20 odd years ago. Um, did, he, did he say why he sent you off apart from the fact he's an idiot? I don't know. I, I, I think maybe, maybe the start of the Fulham game, of course, it's, you know, it's a, the yellow is, you know, you should never, you know, you know, come, come totally clean. But, you know, it's, I took a dive in the, in the penalty area for the second one. Uh, it's a pretty it, dive. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's, how often do you get a, a yellow card for a, for a, for trying to get a penalty, you know, it's that's 19 out of 20, 20, you know, you get a yellow card. But at that game, Jeff Horsfield, I think, was the Fulham striker. And yes. He was he was really good and strong up front. And every time I did exactly the same thing, you know. He just blew the whistle and gave them a free kick, you know. And you know, I don't know, maybe you should ask that question to Rob Styles, you know. He he won't come on a podcast. <laughs> he, he um he 
Jim, what was his stats on sending players off in our games? It was it was pretty much a player. One time he sent two off. He sent Marcus Bean and Birchgem off in one game, and no one knew who Yeah, that Wickham. And then uh, he did he did a few. He, he said he, I I think he did a few of our games, and pretty much most of them, someone got sent off. He didn't he send Plummer? Was, didn't he send Chris Plummer off in that Charlton game as well? Was that that game that Rob was talking about? I think he sent Chris Plummer off. That was was it a nil nil draw? Could no, I think we lost because Plums gave away a penalty and he sent them off for it. Oh, but I'm not, my memory's terrible. I just remember Styles being awful. But like at that game in particular, because it was the first time we'd played them in ages. The Zidane thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and and we never get anything out of the refs at the cottage at the best of times. But that really started it off, and we've never. You think about the amount of penalties that they get given against us and the amount of rubbish sending off that, that we have. You know, you're just like, there comes I mean, a point where different refs every year, it can't be a coincidence all that time. I mean, I, I think, you know, during all my career, you know, I, I've always been a pretty shattable guy, you know, on the pitch, you know. I, I can, you know, take punches and I gave punches and I always had a good communication with the referee, you know. But not this guy, you know. I, I, no. I'm trying to, you know, tell my son, you know, it's, it's better you get the referee on your part, your half of the pitch, you know, and talk to him and, you know, I mean, it's much, much better if you have the referee on your side and on the other side. Oh. And often that worked for me, except for fucking Stites. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can call him, I've called him a lot worse than that. <laughs> I, I, you, know, you know, when you're taking up the subject, you know, it's just going to be, you know, Lots of bad words coming out of my mouth, you know. But the trouble is, the trouble is, Robert, it started, I mean, it was, I'd, I'd forgotten about the child game that season, but he just didn't like us. And any excuse, he just, and, and thereafter, every game we had him, he was absolutely bollocked by the fans. And then he sent someone off for retaliation. But going back to when you joined QPR, you spent some time alone and stuff. Was it, was it a good time in your career? Or was it, we enjoyed watching you play, but did you enjoy playing for us? No, I mean, I, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I had a couple of options that summer, you know, after my loan spell the first time at, at QPR. Uh, I remember Offie Crete come, come in and, you know, ask for my service. And I think Maritimo, was, you know, Madeira, I think, the Portugal, Portugal League. But for me, it was, it was no discussion. Uh, and, and, and to be to be honest and fair, I, I think we, you know, I, I, I took a fair bit of a pay cut, you know, uh, to join oh, QPR really? compared to the other teams offered. But for me, football has never been about money. It's about pleasing the the people around the club and things like that. You know, that's why I'm often, you know, I remember when QPR played Bradford away. I was alone in Bradford that day. I was alone in QPR that day, and. Uh, you know, I asked Gary, you know, you know, if you, you don't play me, if you don't need me. Uh, so he, he put me on the bench. And when I walked in in the QPR jersey at uh, Bradford Stadium, you know, everybody sang my name. And, and that's, that's, that's a pretty, pretty big situation comparing to, you know, how the club treated me in the long run. But, you know, for me, you know, it's, uh, that's history now and I'm a, I'm a big QPR supporter trying to follow all the information and everything comes, you know, comes through media and things like that. So for me, it was, it was no option. You know, I, I wanted to go to QPR and I was, I was happy, really happy to play for QPR. And I'm, I'm, it, was, it was really sad that my career ended so quick because I think we had a pretty good team that year. Yeah, I think we finished 10th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were up there more or less you know, the whole season. And I remember, you know, when Jerry said to me, you know, Rob, you don't have to practice another game, you know, just be on the bike, just be on the bike, you know, and I, and my knee was, you know, for every game, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't walk properly for three days, you know, and I was like dragging my right knee behind me, you know, and, you know, sometimes it comes down to people who put faith in you. And, you know, I, 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 I walk over, you know, mountains for Jerry Francis and, you know, the QPR at that time. But, you know, when, when people come up to me and goes like, you know, you can't go on like that, you know, it's, it's, it's just going to be worse and worse, you know. 
And so I, you know, it was a, it was a very, very tough decision from my side to say like, okay, I, I need to have a, you know, someone looking at my knee and see if you can do something, you know. And this was probably my last game was Charlton at home when Jensen scored a, scored one nil and we, I think it was the first game in 17 games we lost. So we were in a pretty good run that year. I think they went up Charlton that season. Yeah, they might, yeah, they might do that. I think they went up with Man City, but I could be massively wrong, but I, I remember that. Didn't, didn't Ipswich go up that season too? Because I yeah, remember so... we, we beat them home 3-1 and away 4-1, and they went up that season, I think. Yeah, because I think that because for we did, we did, that was that was what I call the Wardley season, wasn't it? When he was banging goals in from midfield. Yeah, but look at that guy, you know. Ah, sorry, I'm swearing again. No, yeah, you're all right. He he could run. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, drinking a couple of pints, not working as a removal furniture remover. I mean, honestly, in German, what's his name? German. Jermaine Darlington. Darlington, you know. What did they, those two guys coming from? Was it like seventh division or something like that? Mm. Saffron Walden and uh, Aylesbury. Yeah. You know, we're back in that, you know, those symptoms that you can find in, you know, when, when Leicester won the Premier League, you know, when a, when a team working so hard together, uh, you don't need so many, you know, stars in a team, you know, as long as you work together and you know, sometimes you're feeling that 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 idea comes comes back. You know, uh, you see a lot of teams now working horrendously hard as a group, uh, but now you know with horrendously amount of money in the, you know salary caps and uh, salaries and things like that. You know, it's it's always hard to see if you know all the guys got you know Instagram. You know, it's all about image and things like that. More about hard work for the club and things. So it's, I think we've probably seen the last of the, you know, the, the Leicester possibilities, you know. Of course, it will, you know, show up once in a while, but it's going to be really tough to yeah. come. Yeah. We tried it, we got relegated. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, you know, you always, you always have to be, you know, look at Norwich this year, you know. They, you know, the sold sold Bandria, you know, they accept that, you know, we go, we're going to go up one year and we're going to take the parachute payments and we're going to establish, you know, self as a, a team that, you know, always going to be up there and compete. And in four or five years, you know, we can make it really push for it. And the, the, the gap between the Premier League financials and the, and the championship financials, it's horrendously big, you know. Even that QPR is one of the richest clubs in England if you compare to owners' wealth. Oh, yeah, totally. But we tried that, Rob. It didn't end very well, to be honest no, with you. We, we no, tried to... In the long run, you know, you, you bought a couple of players that, you know, have passing the due date for a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know. You, you need to be very, very shrewd in the signings and things like that, you know. And I think, you know, if you're going up one year, 90% acceptance that you might go down and, and, and looking at, you know, buying young quality players, you probably, you know, if you, if, if you keep the finance in balance, you probably can keep them for two, three years before the big mm. guns comes in and buy them. So it's, it's always going to be a struggle for the, those teams, you know, with, you know, we got a little bit of debt, uh, you know, you know, look at, you know, Sterling, who was a QPR player, you know, if you're 16, 17 years old and really, really good, we have never any chance to keep them. Listen, Robert, I wanted to take you, I mean, you've touched on it just before, but I wanted to take you back to the end of your career. I know it's probably quite painful to talk about, but you were 27 years old. Yeah, um, and like you say, you were having a decent season. That you're is young. That you're, is young. You're obviously hampered by you know that knee throughout, and you're still you're still banging the goals of I think one in four, which considering you carrying an injury like that is, is is pretty damn good. I mean, for you, because I presume that football was kind of all you knew. I mean, how did it feel? I just I just can't comprehend what what that would feel like. I mean, of course, it's no, it's 
it's uh, a life-changing moment but you know i'm not a religious guy you know but destiny gives you dif different direction in life you know uh, some things you can you know you know probably you know what how, how do you say that you probably can adjust you know comparing to and some things you maybe can avoid but in this case you know have i been you know playing in england now with with better you know rehabilitation you know the measuring your strength and things like that you know i was pretty tall big boy you know 93 94 kilos jumping everywhere taking punches comparing you know my 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 thigh strengths and hamstrings they, they probably should be like 30 40 percent bigger maybe you know to to you know keep me going you know but nothing like that you know that wasn't in the in the game at that time and, and what was the um so you obviously yeah you make this you have to make this decision um at 27 um so so what happens then i mean are, they, are you did the club look after you do you do you go back to sweden do you yeah yeah but you know it comes up to you know hard decision in life you know i i made a decision that you know, I made a little bit of money. It was not much those days, you know, but, you know, if I'm moving back to Sweden as quick as possible, that's going to cost me like 25%, you know, financially compared to living in London. You know, my rent was more than I spent in Sweden for, you know, three years. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I love London. I love the club, but that decision was right decision to do then. And you know, I, I worked on those those decisions, you know, has, has formed me as a as a person, you know. It's always hard to take tough decisions, but as long as they are right decisions, you have to do that, take them. Yeah. And it's you know, it's it made me, you know, the person I may, you know, uh, the person I am, you know, and, and I, I think. You know, I have a I have a pretty pretty good life. I can't come you know complain. You know, I got two kids, healthy kids. Uh, I'm happily married. I got a few bobs on the bank. I just sold my property company. Uh, you know, okay, I have a bad knee, but you know that's life. Are you um? Now you you said earlier on, Rob, that you're going to come back to QPR for the Hull City game. Um, are you looking forward to coming to see Hull? Um, yeah, especially I'm going to bring my son, you know, he's 12. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard for a, for a son to know how appreciated, you know, you were as a, as a footballer because, you know, he's a, he's a bloody Liverpool fan, you know, he's, <laughs> you know. But, you know, I'm buying him in Jersey every year, you know, I'm trying to convert him, you know, but, you know, it's tough, you know. Hopefully, you know, Liverpool goes down and QPR goes up, you know, he probably swap the team, but yeah. it feels really, really like a, it feels like that's, that's a, that, that, you know, it's, it's a very, very small, you know, chance of happening. Yeah. Jim, um, hope, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the atmosphere will be better. Sorry, Jim, go ahead. Yeah, do you know what? I, I, I really remember a chat with you, Rob, when it was an away game and we'd lost and you were really frustrated. And as you were always good to me because I was always trying to get you to do interviews with the press or what have you. And as everyone can see from what you're like now, you, this is how you were as a player. And you're always one of the better talkers in the group and always happy to talk. So uh, you're always one of my go-to people when I really needed someone who could talk to the press. Um, but I remember you, I really remember you saying, I just wish we played more football because there was a lot of talent in that team. And you had yourself, you had Chris Kawamia, you had Gavin Peacock. Jermaine Darlington was really skillful. So we, we had talent in that team. And I remember agreeing with you and just thinking, do you know what? If we did get on a run and we did play a bit more football, you know, we'd be a really effective team. Um, I'm not going to ask if you remember that conversation, but I'm just, I'd love to know if you remember sort of that feeling at all that you perhaps we might have achieved a bit more if we played a bit more football at the time. I mean, I, I think, you know, we were, I think we were a contender to go up that year if we, you know, if I didn't broke down, you know, in my knee. And, you know, and all that comes from a, 
you know, from a group, not from, you know, that, you know, we ask someone to be a star, you know, or someone to, you know, keep the team over the shoulders and things like that. You know, we, we, we were very good, you know, good banter in the group, you know, everybody worked and it, it's a little bit, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy, you know, I'm, I, you know, I can have a bad game. And, you know, I like Jerry comes up to me and said like, fuck Rob, I need more of you, you know, straight up to my face. And, and, you know, especially in Sweden, we lost that little bit of, you know, uh, toughness. Uh, I think we need to go back to the, you know, they're earning so much money, you know, fucking, of course they should be, you know, able to take this, you know, even in Sweden. But, you know, I remember, you know, some games, Charlton at home, we lost 1-0, you know, and and I even know that, you know, I shouldn't even let that go. You know, the Jensen scored, you know, a run from halfway line, you know, passing culture, and I was after him. And and that's the negative side on my on my so- soccer career or football career that I never do a bad challenge, you know, and that's was probably the one I, I regretted I didn't do, you know, because 20 meters in on our own half, you know, uh, I just like stopped running because of the defenders coming up to him and he did one, he did two and he passed it between the goalkeepers. If I just took a yellow card at one and fucking knocked him down, it never happened, you know. I mean, we went on 17 games for a run, you know. So I'm a pretty honest, fair guy. Uh, stand up for um, for my thoughts and what I'm thinking. And uh, and like you said, you know, I, I think you know. I don't remember the interview, uh, but I think I was saying something like that. You know, that that the team was, you know, we could rely on. So me and Chris, you know, we just found each other so quick up front. You know. And I remember after the Tottenham game, he scored two two against Tottenham, you know. And Jerry come up to me and said like, "Oh, who was the coach then for Tottenham?" And he said like, "Oh my God, those two guys up front, they just killed us, you know." Uh, and we and we, we fitted each other pretty well, you know. Uh, and then we had those, you know, Jermaine on one side. We had Richard Langley, who was underrated most of his career. Uh, you know, Stuart Wardley underrated. Uh, if you compare some plays this year, you know, with Hoiberg had 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 Stuart had maybe had some more direction in his life, not be maybe that attacking midfielder. You know, he scored he scored fourteen goals the first season. Mm. Uh, if he was more like maybe scoring two, you know eight goals, you know, and hold his position, you know. He cleared so much path for, for everyone else, just knocking people around. And he was a tough player too, you know. Also very underrated. Uh, but, the, but the late bloomer, you know, come up late, you know, and a lot of people who works hard and do, you know, can raise their hands and say like, okay, I'm done 99% of all my energy, you know. And, you know, if we lose the game, we lose the game. But as long as everyone works really, really, really hard, you know, every every team can compete. Yeah, <clears throat> I think as fans, that's spot on. And I think if you know, they say if you leave your you leave your leave your all on the pitch, then you know if you lose, you lose. But at least you know you've you, you've done everything you can to win. You still keep in touch with any of the guys? <clears throat> yeah, mostly with Richard Langley. You know, we you know, tech shows up maybe once, two, twice, three times a year. Uh, but often, you know, when we're talking about me coming over, you know, he said like, oh, yes, let me try to get the guys together, you know, Maddox, uh, uh, Maddox, who's more I used to hang out with, Stuart, you know, I don't know, Stuart's doing, you know, some, he's doing some window, I did some windows and things like that, you know. Lee Harper was part of that team. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think we, you know, I don't know if we had, you know, any weaknesses, you know, comparing to the first 11, 13 players, you know, I think we, we were, we were pretty, I think, I think we were pretty decent. To be honest. Uh, More than decent. Yeah. Just bad refereeing and bad luck was in that season. Yeah, the we course. had, with no money, it's, it's mm. all maybe costly with people, you know, dropping out. And we had a bad run in the middle of the season that we just kept drawing games. Um, 
and that's that's what sort of kept us away from the playoffs that year. But yeah. we had a good, we had a lot of highs. Like the Ipswich game away, we were brilliant. I mean, we were so mm. good that day. Do you remember Stock put away? Yes. <laughs> three 0 three down, you know, with like was it twenty five minutes left? I mean, it's like fuck it, you know, we're going to turn this around, and you know, and I think you know when you see how you know happy the players were when Gallen scored three three. It's about that, you know. It's about how the club moves forward together. We lose together, we win together, but we're going to work hard, hard, hard together too. And what about the current team? Keep... Sorry, Rob. I Sorry? Was say, what about the, the current team? I know you keep up with the scores. I'm not expecting you to know the first 11, but do you think that in time that QPR will eventually get back to the, to the Premier League? At the moment, I, I I don't have you know that knowledge. Uh, I saw the I saw the Crystal Palace game. Uh, it feels that we might be a little bit short of goal scorers. Uh, that's my first. I, I felt pretty pretty solid midfield and defense. Uh, I just wondering, you know, if you're going to be up there, you need someone scoring. 20 odd goals a year, you know. Uh, and I think, you know, with the Dykes up front, you know, we have we have a big target, man. Uh, mm. uh, so it's, you know, I'm looking myself, you know, I never, I, 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 would, I, would, I would never score 25 goals a season, maybe a lucky season. But I was that, you know, that wheel, you know, who, who kept everything together up front, you know, and I know, like, if you if you hit me with the ball, I, I might not win the you know the challenge, but the ball's gonna end up somewhere five meters around me. So hits pick it up. I mean continue from there, you know. So it's I think you know, looking for looking back to last season, you know, it's everything can happen. You know, if we if we if 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 we stood there in you know August and said like we're gonna be three fourth in the league coming to Christmas, everybody said like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> but then you know the expectations get a little bit too high you know mm. and expectation goes high and it drops very it drops very quick low too you know when you when you go for a couple of runs you know when the, the expectations on the team gets higher you know we need to be up there we need to win every game to compete and somewhere we need to be very honest and objective i don't know if that's right the objective that you know, we, we need to release pressure on the players. And yes, maybe yeah. it may be saying like this, we have a good run, guys. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But play football, you know. We need to come down to earth and make, you know, do our thing. If it doesn't work and we doesn't win, fair enough. But don't expect us to push for the league, you know. And I think that expectation, you know, goes too, too high and people can't handle it. Yeah, I, I can't, can't disagree with any of that. Um, I don't know if the other guys got anything to ask, but before you go, I just want to ask: <clears throat> Can you? I and mean, if you can't, don't remember. But a funny moment at QPR. One of the one of the funniest things that happened when you were at QPR, either in the two loan spells or the or the or when you were there permanently. You know, it's, it's so many things. You know, I, I had a very happy spell. You know, and I I really enjoy, you know, more or less everything. You know, I I know the tough Tuesdays. It was you know, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I remember I remember the the, the boring days. Uh, but you know somehow you know when i coaching now uh, I, I i really i really follow jerry's footsteps in much much of the things you know uh, because he you know with those runs you know he building mental strength you need to you know you need to do them you know and you know i think you know i think it was langley walks up to jerry and said like jerry you know I can't do more, you know. And Jerry puts his arm around his shoulders and take him for a walk and he goes, no, it's fair enough. You only have two runs left, you know. And that's that's the way it is, you know. You know, just do the runs. Uh, but, you know, I, I like that, you know. I, I'm, I'm that type of coach, you know, when, you know, when, when you need to run, you need to, you know, take those awful bloody hours doing these you know awful bloody runs or 
whatever crap you're doing sometimes on the pitch. But that building, you know, mental strength, though. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're wondering if you throw that in the bin too. Uh, sometimes, you know, you, you feel players, you know, walking off the pitch and they, they're not even, you know, breaking a sweat, you know, and you're wondering what have, have they done on the pitch. Yeah, don't think anyone would have done about you, Robert. I think you, 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 I think your, your, your spirit joined your body about 10 minutes after you left the pitch because you left everything on there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I was that type of person, you know, when I'm, 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 I'm in a team, you know, I'm happy to, you know, in England it's always like this, you know, it's, if there's a brawl, you know. I was one of the tallest in a team. I'm looking at a team and I said, okay, my guy is the tallest one in the other team. And it's not that funny sometimes when Saul Campbell standing on the other corner or some other big boy, you know, but, you know, I was never a fighter or things like that. So I'm just like, moved straight up to him and said like, come on, let's take a walk, you know, but, you know, if someone's going to go with the flag in the front, you know, I'm happy to do it. Uh, mm. And someone needs to be there continuously. Uh, and then I might be weaker in other parts of the game or things like that, you know, but, you know, I need to work. And I, I think I was pretty early in my development to understand, you know, my strength and my weaknesses. You know, I, I'm not a really bad technical guy, but, you know, with the ball, uh, don't do it. Take it down, leave it in the box. That's, you know, it's not hard. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, you know, more difficult than that. Make it sound very easy, mate. Listen, unless anyone else has got something to go, I'm conscious we've taken up a lot of your time, but it's really good to speak to you, Rob. Um, really good to see you. And hopefully we'll, yeah. we'll see you for the whole game. We can... We can yeah, we can hopefully we can do that, you know. If, if, no, we are we have bought tickets and things like that. And QPR, you know, as, as lovely as ever, you know, they helped me out again. It's never been any discussion. I know that Andy trying to probably get in touch maybe with me, you know, for the Legends game or something like that. Hopefully it's before I'm, you know, heading to Australia. Uh, yes, for a holiday, but it's, it's seven weeks. Uh, might be later then, you know, so. But otherwise, you know, I'm happy to chat, you know. I can Good talk. Man. Or less. And we'll see if it, we'll see if we're paying to the whole game. Yeah. We do. I, you know. I'll bring Rob Styles along. Yeah, do <laughs> we can all have a chat with him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks ever so much for your time again. No worries, boys. No worries. Rob, take care. See you later, mate. What a lovely fellow, like. I mean, yeah, really nice. I like that attitude. I think he does himself a wee bit of disservice. He was, he was quite a bit of a hard bastard, actually, in fairness, from what I remember. I don't remember him. No, anything else, but he was actually quite good. It's interesting when you find out afterwards as well that you know he's playing with basically one messed up knee as well. Like, you know, it's like you, it kind of explains a lot of things, but yeah. And he started the war with Rob Styles. I mean, what bigger achievement is that? And Rob Styles <laughs> made to suffer every game. I must look them stats up one day, Jim, because we're I'm, I'm not really a nerd, but I'm sure his selling offs again when he did our games were awful. I think he. I think eventually, because we had to write a letter after every game about him. I think oh, eventually right. the football league cottoned on to the fact that perhaps they might not put him in charge of our games. Really? Oh, seriously, so you could actually say like this guy is an absolute arse. Yeah, you're allowed. You there's, so there's feedback after every game that you're allowed to score the ref. Um, but you're also then we wrote. I think I think I'm writing this. I think we wrote to the football league eventually and said, look. This is ridiculous. Please review this situation. Yeah, they, they can ignore it, and they did for a while. But I think eventually he stopped reffing us. Yeah, but I'd, I'd need to, like you, I'd need to double check. But Finny, why'd you do it to yourself? I mean, we don't. <laughs> Rob Styles was painful enough at the time. We don't need to go back there. I was, I was talking to Marcus Payne the other day. He was at the Wilson game, um, and I remember saying to him like. Do you actually know why you were sent off? And I mean, you're not on the podcast. It's just me and you. You can tell me, did you call him this? Did you call him that? He goes, no. He goes, I said to him, what were you, what were you sent off for? And it's like, get off. And Bircham, and, you know, 
Bertram's normally got a story to everything. Even Mark was like, I literally said, well, we're done. And he just looked at me and went, you're off. It was like, for, for Bertram to lose words, that's pretty bad. OK, well, let's move on to let's move on to Blackburn. A nice 10 hour round trip in the car for me. Um, uh, turned up um, turned up in T-shirt and shorts like a lot of QPR fans. And then it absolutely hammered it down. And there's one Blackburn fan on the way to the ground, looked across at me and said, uh, welcome to the North, pal. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird game. It's I thought was, thought we started actually quite well. I was quite encouraged with the, the first 20, 30 minutes. And then obviously that goal goes in and, and um, it was kind of lights out after that. But Paul, obviously I know you were there because I saw you. Talk us through it. What, the bit where I went to the bar and got your paint? Or the <laughs> no, you'll be telling that story for years. But no, let's, let's go for the, the actual game, Paul. It was, it's weird, isn't it? Jim, I don't know if you've been to Blackburn recently, but they, they moved us to the top tier um, from the bottom tier for some ungodly reason when there's no one in the bottom tier. Anyway, so you're knackered by the time you get up. And I thought we were decent for the first 20 minutes. You know, Kaká was playing well. I know people have got an issue with him. That's, their, that's up to them. But he was doing well. We looked solid. We looked like we were closing them down. Everything we're doing right. We hit the bar. And then the one time we didn't, get at them and do the high press we're doing so well and then he went on a wee bit of a walk he should have probably gone been a few yards back and he might have had more of a chance it just flew in and to me I look at that game you've got two managers who've never managed this in this league um, kind of feeling each other out a wee bit and it kind of that that went through the whole game Chris didn't it it's like you can see both managers kind of trying this trying that and we lost. I was a bit disappointed that the the, um, the Dags was getting a wee bit of stick, but that's that's life, and that's not the people. They pay them money, they can do what they want. But I just say after one game, with you know, it's 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 a, it's a long, long, long season. And um, Forest, as last, I mean, we're not going to do a Forest, by the way. I don't think for one second we'll do a Forest, but we're just going to find their feet a wee bit, and hopefully the goals will come because that worries me desperately. Um, yeah, that's what Rob mentioned it as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we'll come on to that in a second, but. I kind of just thought once the goal went in, it was like a hangover from the second half of last season. Yeah, you could absolutely. see the shoulders dropped. It was like they panicked and they, you know, all the all the game plan just kind of went out the window and they just reverted to this sort of aimless passing around. And I, I don't know, it's it, it's maybe it, obviously the manager's got to earn his corn, but I think maybe you know it, it, there's a, there's a bit of psychology in there. Maybe I don't know, but it. Yeah, it was it was disappointing. I didn't think Blackburn were that great either. I mean, it wasn't you know, and it, it's not the best game of football I've ever watched. I don't think they're going to be romping to the league either. Um, um, uh, yeah. So Jim, um, I don't know if you were there or not, or if you saw it, but what, what did you make? I mean, it's obviously one game. That's what we've got to got to emphasise. But yeah, I look, I didn't go because I was I was going to the uh, women's final on on Sunday. But oh, um, right. yeah. Uh, I, it sounds to me, having watched the highlights as well, that their their long shot went in, ours didn't. Um, and I think all the comments people say about a lot of people are, you know, they're valid in terms of, yeah, someone. I think I think people are annoyed at Dykes because of the, the Scotland situation last year, where he was injured for us for a long time and then came back for them, and that never feels great as a fan. I get that, but I do think you can look at a lot of our players and make a case for them. You know, Dykes has always adjusted at every level um, and always improved. So the question is, can he carry on with that? Or has he, is he going to reach his ceiling? And where's his ceiling? And I think if we play more to his strengths, he'll be better. So, you know, and I think a lot of times last year, we've certainly looked pretty bereft of creativity, more so without Willock than Chair. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because having both of them freeze Chair up a bit more to... But also, it, Willips, I think, just a bit more creative anyway. He's a different kind of player to share. So, you know, this formation should suit them and it should suit Dykes a bit more in terms of getting width from fullbacks in addition to having those two tens alongside him. So, that, but yeah, Chir- let's, let's... Go on. Sorry, Jim. Chir got caught cold on Saturday, I thought, with a kick from the keeper that went straight to him. And it's like, maybe he'd have finished that another day. Uh, Sinclair Armstrong would have finished his, but he was... Maybe over trying because he came off the bench. The fans were singing his name. There's a lot of expectations on him. Just one of them games, isn't it? You know, it's 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 going to be a long season. It's going to be a hard season. But he did address a couple of issues right back. The, I'm sure the players, the, the management know this. Um, striker wise and everything else. This is a shame that we can't get the strikers we've got firing because 
I'd love to see Dykes do well. I'd love to see you, you want your players are with you to do well, don't you? You don't want to to see them go where you don't want to see them replaced. But we've probably got to look at that. And in the championship, it's goals that makes you. Whatever anyone says, it's all about goals. And it always will be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 100 behind, it. and I'm certainly not after one game. You know, thinking it's all doom and gloom because it's not. You know, like you said, not me do, Chris. <laughs> you're feeling your way out, but I think you know, obviously, Cameron Archer staying at Villa. It was kind of the chat coming out there. I kind of thought that was going to happen anyway. But I do. I still maintain that we do need an extra body. I obviously, hope be delighted if if Dykes comes good. I think Sinclair Armstrong is look. He's certainly. We just talked just long about you know, living stuff on the pitch, and I mean, he's certainly um, not shirking anything. Another day, yeah, that, that, that could have gone in, his chance. But he's getting, the, like you said, he was probably the, getting more back in than anyone else from the Rangers fans. I think, I think a lot of people are thinking that like, he's going to be our saviour. But, um, you know, you've got to remember he is only he a kid. And um, it's probably going to take a few games to get in his groove. But it's exciting to have someone like that on the bench. Exactly. Listen, it's never dull watching Rangers. I, I dare say if we actually romped the league, like we did in 2000. We, you know, it, it, that happens once in a lifetime. Every other season, we're just going, ew, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And we'll find our feet eventually. I mean, Bill's no mug. I mean, his pedigree's pretty good. He knows what he's doing. He's just got to find his feet as a manager. And that might take half the season. It might take a whole season. He comes good next season. Who knows? Who flipping knows? What he just never expect the unexpected and always expect it to go wrong when you think it's going to go right. <laughs> and Jim, Jim, so I'll just bring you in there. Who do you, I mean, would you agree that we do need to sign another striker and possibly a right back? And 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 where do we find this uh, this this magical striker to help us out of our uh, our our, um, our woes? Or it's I mean, yeah, I think we need a right back, but I like Fozzie Kakai. I don't think he's you know his strength is not wrapping his foot around the ball in the final third, but he's honest. He works hard. He's come through the club, and you know the one thing I've always been slightly we all talk a great lot about having players who come through the academy but there haven't actually been that many that have come through from you know right through all the way and he has so he's like he's a bit of a prized asset from a sort of club point of view um and i think we should just lay off him because he's, he's seemingly got a great attitude and you know, he's one of those people you want around who's who, whether he when he plays he'll try his hardest and when he doesn't play he's not going to be a bad egg so you know i think he deserves a bit more credit than he gets um, and, and, you know, you, you can't fault his attitude. And, and if anyone wants to question the value of that, just listen to the previous 40 minutes we've just had with Rob Steiner, where he just laid it on, on the line about how important attitude is in the team and what, how important that can be. So, yeah, look, mm -hmm. we do need, uh, we need another body there. As for striker, the club clearly want to shift Bon on and get someone else in. Um, yes, and I'd, I'd endorse that. You know, you could see it from Beale's comments. But the trouble is we, we paid good wedge for Bon and, Steve Gallen was pretty happy at the time, according to reports, um, you know, because they got good money for him. Um, and can't think why was happy with that, Jim. Hey? Sorry? Can't think why he was so happy with that, deal. He probably, he probably thought, that's the holiday sorted. I'll put all this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Every time you sell a striker, it's good. But that's also why we need to back Dykes a bit. Because if he does go on a streak, you know, and he does play internationally, he'll be worth a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and someone will take a chance on him, whether it's Rangers chucking a bit of cash our way for him, or, or whether it's someone else. You know, so strikers who score score goals will be in demand, so we may as well back him. I just think let's judge it a bit after ten games when Willock's back a bit and we're we're playing a bit better. My my only worry at the minute is that with a young manager who's a bit inexperienced, um, although we've got enough other people around him who help. You know, if we get on a losing run, Warburton was very good at stopping losing runs. And we, we need to not have a sort of six, seven game losing run. That would be pretty fatal early on. Um, so that's that's the only thing I'd caveat it with. We, we need to be a bit careful to avoid that. No, so, so, so all of us. Um, Jim, you mentioned that why you missed Blackburn. And yeah, I, I would say having been at Blackburn, it was kind of worth missing. Um, so talk us through the women's final and, of course, Chloe Kelly. Ah, oh. <laughs> um, it was... Well, on a personal level, professional, having worked at Wembley for so long, you know, it was built for days like that. You know, that's that's why you invest in a stadium like that, to give you that home advantage and and to to end up with a result like that. And to to the delight in telling my kids about her the next day, you know, about her being local, about her being a QPR fan, that is just stuff that dreams are made of, isn't it? And, you know, my daughter's five. It's the first ever game she's been to. 
like Rob, I'm desperate to make sure both my kids are QPR fans. And what better way for my daughter than her seeing Chloe Kelly score the winner? And she's not only a local girl, but she's a massive Rangers fan and giving it big URs on on telly. So uh, it was a great day. It was it was a brilliant crowd. I mean, I've seen, you know, when I worked at the stadium, I've seen Germany hand it to us and just be levels above us every single time we've played them before there a couple of times. And, you know, there were massive gaps in quality years ago. And we've come on so much that um, that gap was closed. And it was just really gratifying. And it was it was on a personal level really nice to be there with a nice crowd because we were me and my son were at the final the year before and it wasn't a pleasant experience for us and it put him off coming to QPR for a bit and, and going to games and that you know really saddened me and I'm still angry about it if I'm honest you know wait, 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 sorry what are you talking about from the, well the so my son my son was at the Euro 2020 oh, I see. Final, sorry, the yeah, year before yeah, yeah. right so yeah. it was a horrible horrible experience we weren't yeah. in a good block it never got violent, but everything else. And, you know, we were very close to leaving and, and he didn't enjoy it and I didn't enjoy it. And it put him off coming to QPR for a yeah, while, of course. Um, which is not what any of us want. So then to be back there on Sunday and for us to be A, winning and B, the crowd to be lovely, um, felt like redemption. And that was fantastic. So I think that was really important for me, for him, for the stadium staff and everything like that. And, and it was just brilliant to see an England team win a tournament final. I mean, what more do you want? Be honest, I, I've got to be honest and say, as a Celt, um, you know, you know, I, I, I've never met so many people from the north and the south who were actually pretty much tuning team on. There was no, there's none of the bitterness there is with the the men's team. We were all as like home home countries, kind of wishing everyone falls flat in the face because we're jealous because we're stuck at home and everyone's in the tournament and stuff like that. Because I think it was enthusiasm. I think it was genuine. And I think people need to stop comparing the men's game, the women's game. Football is football. And as long as people enjoy it, it doesn't matter if it's a six-year-old lad or a six-year-old girl. As long as it gets them in the stadium away from the computer screen, doing stuff and wanting to play football, wanting to do something with a football, it's not a bad thing. You don't need to compare them and say, well, this is better, this is worse. Just enjoy that game like you did, um, Jim. Enjoy the game. Enjoy being back at Rangers. I mean, I've always had a pretty easy experience with Northern Ireland away because we haven't got that element as in we don't qualify for anything so what we do we're obviously in shock and drunk to actually do that when you qualify year in year out but I did notice that this was much better I mean I was at a hotel doing a job the German team was staying there and I asked the staff what have they been like have they been alright I said yep tidying up after themselves and doing this and doing that and it's all it all seemed to be very good natured. Um, whereas the Euro final before that, I don't know what went wrong. I don't think it was England fans. I don't think it was Italy fans. Just badly organised, badly put together, and stewarded appallingly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the people I, who cause trouble aren't normally football fans. They're, they're day trippers. Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite. You know, I wasn't there, but just reports is that people saying it was quite refreshing for England to play Germany, and a people being able to sit next to each other from opposite opposing teams. And B, not to hear two world two world wars or or ten German bombers being sung every five minutes. So, uh, I, it, it seems like it's a completely different. I've never actually been to a women's game, but it seems like a completely different atmosphere, Jim. Yeah, it is. It's much friendlier, and it's. I always like QPR being a, a good club to go to, and I think we we have lost a bit of that, you know, at the expense. And it and it happened when we did the cheap tickets to start with a little bit, and I was conscious of it when I was at the club and. I think we as a fan base need to do our bit to police it and the club needs to do their bit as well, that we aren't quite as friendly and nice as we used to be. And certainly the arrest stats for last year make pretty unedifying reading um, from that perspective. So it was great. The atmosphere was lovely. It was friendly. It was the only downside is, I would say, as a, as a football fan of many years standing, that... And it, we struggled a little bit at Wembley in the player final to get chance going. So we need to be fair. You know, it's such a big place. And we had this in the millennium. It is hard when there's an even bigger crowd to get a, a chant going. But, you know, Chloe Kelly was was like geeing up the fans before the throw-in and then which earned the corner which she scored from. And she was geeing them up before the corner as well. And I don't think she should have been having to do that because I think we should have been louder and behind the team more. And my only criticism of the crowd would be that because it was a much more mixed crowd and fewer kind of hardcore fans, there probably wasn't quite as much chanting as support as I'd have liked. So that was that was the only sort of 
you get a much friendlier crowd, but you don't get the sort of really good atmosphere generated that you might have done. When the goals went in and when everyone got going, it was really good, but it didn't get going quite enough. No, fair enough. I, I mean, hands up. I mean, I, I, I for one didn't, but did you know the Chloe Kelly connection before the game or did you find out about no. it? No, to be fair, no, I didn't. And um, I've, I, I'm aware, I wasn't as aware of the players as I used to be when I worked at the FA, but I, I sort of keep half an eye on QPR women because I'm a huge fan of Steve uh, Quashie who runs them, who you know, I used yeah, to work with. And I'm, a, I'm a brilliant fan. I'm a fan of his. And, um, but, I, you know, I struggle to make home games enough, let alone away games, let alone um, following England women as well. So, you know, it's one of those things. I didn't know the connection and it was just so delightful to find it out. I know, it was amazing, day. wasn't it? It just, yeah. on, on Twitter, well, as you know, QPR Twitter, it's just like suddenly unfolded because the, the, someone said, in fact, my daughter said, because um, I was just doing, she goes, do you see that flag, Dad? I said, what? She goes, look, look, and I was like, yeah, don't be silly. And uh, and yeah, and then literally 15 minutes later, it just goes, it just went berserk. And, and you know, it's, you, we can rightfully say she's, she's one of our own because... She's a fan. She's got, I think she's got four or five brothers who are all season ticket holders, mum and dad season ticket holders. So it's not sort of some fly by now. And then, yeah, like you say, the interview is like, you get oh. a few hours in. It's just mental. It's absolutely cool. massive. <laughs> I, I, I was watching, no, I mean, you know, I'm not going to claim I was I'm the biggest massive England fan because everyone will be laughing me arse off. Um, I've got my young country who turned up and like the men's team went home early. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of refreshing to see it. But I saw that flag and just just for a second, I was like, "That's QPR flag." Everyone in the house is like, "You're obsessed. You're seeing things. Get yourself to specs." It was like, "I know a freaking QPR flag with a freaking Z one." Do you know what I mean? So that that was nice, and I think she's conducted herself brilliantly. And um, what a role model for kids from West London um, if they want to do things. And you can start at QPR and you can end up at Man City and you can score goals at Wembley. And hopefully one day she'll be back playing a QPR show. Well, what a role model for the male team as well. You know, it's like, you know, you can start a QPR and you can go on and win one of the biggest prizes there is to be had internationally. So And yeah. a role model for the Northern Ireland team as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah right, Paul, yeah. And the Southern okay. Ireland team and the Welsh team and everyone else. <laughs> that was, do you know what? It was nice seeing everyone cheering them on. I mean, I, I know I joke about that, but there wasn't, there certainly is no that, thing of like I've been in pubs and watched the Northern Ireland language mates are absolutely ripping me to, to pieces and vice versa and you kind of you go along with it because that's what you do you take the mickey out of each other um, but I didn't think there was that you know Scottish people falling up Irish people falling up well everyone cheering them on and, and that's a good thing and I'm not saying that all football needs to be like that because we live in the real world and I'm, I, I always hit it when rugby fans said to me oh you know what rugby's like this football like that we're not comparing it we're just saying it's nice that it's different yeah, absolutely. Right, fellas, we come to the R's end. Um, uh, Paul, of course, will go last. I'll, I'll start. Um, Good shows. So any any other business? So obviously um, <clears throat> we've covered Chloe, but yeah, just on from that, it's just it's just and, and she seems such a nice person as well, and just just it's quite literally a girl next door, and and yeah, I, I think the whole country's buzzing, but our house particularly, or particularly two members of our house with the QBR fans were particularly buzzing with that um the quick uh, happy 40th to lee cook whose birthday is today um which is wednesday and happy uh, 21st to joe gubbins as well who's born on the same day um so i thought i'd get that out of the way and just, just finally wanted to say um uh that i'm not going to be there on thursday i'm going to be at a punk rock festival in blackpool uh, on went on saturday sorry i'm going up tomorrow um so i'm not going to see it but i'm just the stand bowl stand being opened is going to be quite a special moment i think his family are going to be there from 1.30 outside the ground. Um, and it's certainly going to be a better name than South End chose for their stadium, which uh, for their stand, which is the Rose West Stand, which they are now apparently having to reconsider pretty swiftly. So, yeah. The Garten, serious. Yeah. Garten and Rose West Stands, because Garten and Rose or whoever was the, the estate agents and it was the West Stand. Yeah. So it was something in Rose, whatever it was. But Gilbert yeah. Rose West Stand, I think it is, yeah. There we are. Obviously, Sorry. I'm just going for the headline, you know, the Rose West Stand, but yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's um, last I looked, it was the head, the, the lead story on the BBC website. So uh, I think, oh, given that, they're probably going to have to take it down. But yeah, I, I'm I'm really sorry I'm missing that. But there'll be usual applause for Stan on ten minutes. So um, yeah, it should be quite an emotional day, and hopefully we come away with the points. So Jim, over to you. Uh, I, I, might, I want to talk about the rail seating, but I'll just briefly mention the fact you mentioned Lee Cook's birthday. The funniest moment of my day was watching um, Mark Burchin and Kevin Gallon at each other 
viciously through for about an hour. And I, I was just getting flashbacks to the training ground, watching those two chat away at head tennis. Um, it was really funny seeing that happen. So, yes. Oh, what, 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 sorry, for what, what was this on Twitter, you mean? Yeah, yeah. They're just giving each other dog's abuse. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just was getting flashbacks to them playing head tennis at Twyford Avenue against Gino and Steve. I think it was Steve Palmer. And the amount, the volume, you'd, you'd turn up and the head tennis would always happen at the end of the training session. And like just the volume coming off that court of chat was always immense. So that was, <laughs> if you haven't seen, I did retweet it, and I just I loved seeing that because you're just like that. You know, it just reminded me of that. Um, and I did want to talk about rail seating. It's a real shame, but it won't be in place on Saturday. Um, and let's just hope it gets fixed quickly. I, I feel for the club because I've been there, repping things that I had nothing to do with that were not my fault, like the Millennium Kit that didn't have hoops that went all the way around. But, you know, you have to take it on the chin. It is a shame. And I can understand everyone's frustration, but it's the right thing in the long run and hopefully we'll get there. Before um, before we, uh, you go on that, Gallon and, uh, Gallon and Burton, what the hell was it like working with them two? They, um, no, they were great, actually. I've got to be honest. They, they set the tone that was everyone in it together. And we had a few fans, you know, playing for the club who loved the club. And so... You know, those two and Lee Kirk and others, you know, Martin Rowland, who, who had a real you know, understanding of things. Um, it, it meant that you just had a group of people who were, there was a really good atmosphere. And actually, the, the, what I, the thing I should have asked Rob Steiner was, you know, he didn't get to play under Ian Holloway, but he'd have loved it. He would have absolutely loved it because of his man management and the, and the sort of team spirit that that team had that we had briefly in that season, then it faded the next year with all the injuries and everyone just got a bit too drawn in. But had he, if he'd been able, if his near let him carry on playing, I think Rob would have loved, play, loved playing under Ian Holloway and would have loved playing with people like Birch and, and longer with Kevin. Nice. Okay, Paul, over to you. Go back to James' bit about the real C team. Um, from what I understand, that we have to have to be stoke seating because reels because of the um ground and people are saying about Brentford Brentford's a new ground we're an old ground and it's pretty obvious that they've obviously had that built in place because they knew this was coming we haven't other clubs aren't even bothering they're waiting for a couple more years so it's it's a it's a glitch it's a shame and maybe the club shouldn't have maybe put a date on it and I don't know. Whatever they do, they can't win. But it's a real shame because it'd be nice to see Steve standing back as long as everyone's happy. Um, Chloe Kelly, hopefully she'll be at QP on Saturday. That would be amazing. Hopefully she gets a good reception. Hopefully the club will throw her out, which I'm sure better people than us will be in charge of that issue and, and, and be sorting that out. Maybe or maybe not at some point in the near future. Um, well done to everyone who got um, back from Blackburn because it was a nightmare. They were cancelling trains left, right and centre. We had to jump in. Thank you, Alan Blue, my mate, who gave us a, a, a sharpish lift to the train station so we got the 6.15 train. Otherwise, we would have been screwed. Um, as my mate Paul got back to uh, Watford and had to get a, a cab from Watford to Barnet. Um, so I felt from late at night when the train was already an hour late and they couldn't get a platform at Euston. So people talk about football and the, and the journeys that people go to. They'll do it again and we'll all do it again and we'll do it again and again and again. But sometimes it can be quite annoying, especially after defeat. And the other thing is, keep keep smiling. And that's coming from me. The most miserable gobshed that ever walked this earth. I, I don't think we need to panic just yet. Things will sort themselves out. We might even have a few more bad results. Hopefully we can get a decent result on Saturday. But, you know, it's Rangers. What do we expect? You know, come on. We're, we're more liable to beat the big boys and lose to the wee, wee team. That's what we do. And... Hey. I watched what for the other night and they clarified me. End of rant. Brilliant. Okay, Paul. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you, Paul. And thank you to uh, the now departed Rob. Um, I mean, Don't I forget know. predictions, Chris. I, yeah, just, yeah, I nearly forgot the predictions. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to walk him through these podcasts. Uh, I'm okay, going to go one all against Middlesbrough. I tried it last week. Uh, nearly... I'll take that. Take that. Yeah. Paul? I, I think it could get messy um, if they score early. Um, if we can hold them and keep attacking and keep the score down, I think we could get a draw. And every team in this division is beatable, as we well know, so we'd be surprised if we beat them. Jim? 
I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Nice. You know, we've had um, six or seven predictions in two weeks, and I think it's the first time that nobody has gone for a QPR win in any of those predictions, which kind of tells its own story. But hopefully in a few weeks' time, it will be a completely different story. Um, okay, guys, thanks ever so much again. Um, we've been open all last. Thanks for listening. Take care. Yeah.